Good morning. Come on in, y'all. The widest, I know. Come on in. There we go. There's our brother right there. Praise God. Man, I was telling Chris, it's like a family reunion today, man. We got all kinds of folks we hadn't seen in a while here. What a blessing. What a blessing to share that all together. You know, I think it is. It's just the entire church is up on stage right now. (laughs) Right? Getting that last dose of coffee. All right. Well, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just enter into your into your gates with thanksgiving, Lord. We enter into your, your courts with praise this morning. And just so grateful, Lord, that we can draw near to you and sit at your feet, Lord, and shrug off the week and, and just hear from our God and our King and our, our Savior. We love you, Lord. We lift this praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Lord, I pray that those are not just words coming out of my mouth this morning, our mouths this morning, but that your teaching today, that your feeding of your sheep today will take us farther than we had expected, that it will stretch our faith and our understanding. Lord, so often we pray for easy times and easy circumstances, but God, do what it takes to stretch our faith and our trust in you. And so often that is not going to be the mountaintop experience. That is the valley where you bring the growth, and it is green, and it is rich, and it hurts, and it's scary, and you are with us there every step of the way. So as we step out into new directions, Lord, as we step out on the waters that you have for us, God, may it not be a platitude or a nice song that we sing, but truly, Lord, a condition of our heart to be willing, to be ready, and to be utterly dependent on you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you all here this morning. And... There's Chris. Chris is good. <laughs> I'm like, where is he here? I've seen Susan. And Susan's with us, which is awesome. But Chris is going to come up and uh, share a scripture with us uh, since it's the first Sunday. My pastor told me to be ready to come up here as soon as it was time to go. And so I was ready. He, I just surprised him, I guess, by being ready. <laughs> um, I didn't get to see him ahead of time. I was running a little late. So I didn't get to ask him if I could read two psalms instead of one, so we're just going to read two psalms anyway. Um, psalm 28, excuse me, Psalm 29, Psalm 30. Turn if you would, follow along. Um, heading for the psalm, they're both psalms of David. Psalm 29 says, praise to God in his holiness and majesty. And that's what we're gathered here to do. Thought it would be a good one to read. The, the, one, the next one, though, says the blessedness of answered prayer. And if you look at the prayer requests that we do, on the line app, there's always praise and struggle and praise and struggle. That's the way God works. He wants the kids to call out to him. So we're going to read both of those. The first psalm has a one-word response from the congregation. If you're following along, you can join me in with that because it would be very appropriate. So, two psalms of David. Given to the Lord, O you mighty ones. Given to the Lord glory and strength. Given to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory of God thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes him also skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian, like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Think about what's going on right now and apply it to this. It's like God knew, David knew. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says, glory. I got a little bit of help. I'm not going to back up. We're going to go forward. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. That's interesting. And the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. 
continuing with Psalm 30, 30. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried after you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall not be moved. I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, and I was troubled. I cried after you, O Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me, Lord. Be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Clothed me with gladness. In the end, that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Amen. Thank you, Chris. Praise God. All right, just a few announcements. We have lunch after the service, as usual, and everybody's welcome to join us. It's uh, complimentary. And then afterwards, about 1 o'clock, we have the Revelation study in the cafe, and uh, the youth will be in here. And then Wednesday is our service. If you haven't joined us, <coughs> you're welcome to come at uh, 6.30 for pizza, 7 o'clock for the worship service, and it's streamed online, too. You can click online and watch it. And uh, the youth conference is coming up, yay. So uh, if you're a youth or if you're interested in being a chaperone, uh, let me know. And uh, we'll be signing up here pretty soon. This, we're a little bit early, but just want to get this on your radar. It's coming up July uh, 15th through the 17th. And uh, it's always a good time. Last year was canceled because of COVID, so uh, we're all excited to uh, be going this year. And then what else? We still need volunteers uh, for children's ministry. Uh, Serge is trying to get that uh, back up and running after this COVID th deal. And so if you're interested in that, uh, come see Serge and uh, let him know. And any praise reports? Uh, does anybody have anything they want to share? Tiffany's got her hand up. Thank you. Um, I just want to give thanks to God this week. Uh, I got a raise at my job. So, nice. Yeah. Praise God. I just God. want to praise the Lord for that. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Very good. Hold on just a second. Let's see. Um, this is going to be a praise with a connection with a prayer request from the past. The uh, one thing is the uh, the van that that part that I was praising God for a couple weeks back. It's still weird. Twice they've told us it's fixed and it's still not fixed. So, so uh, you know, pray for our van. It's God's van. So what His will is, we don't know. But the praise part of that is because we don't know what the van's doing. And the people are doing with the van. My wife came down with me, so Sue's here for a, a few weeks till we figure out. She might have to drive me back. We might have to leave the van with somebody to crush it or something. We'll see. But and today is her birthday. She's a few this many years old today, and uh, so uh, you know we'll uh, we can y'all everybody say hi and happy birthday to her. I praise God for her. That's the praise part. So uh, she knows how to tolerate and put up with me and y'all know how hard that can be so but uh, we're, I'm glad she got to come visit with y'all so praise God for that praise God All right. 
Mark had his hand up up here. I uh, <clears throat> I retired uh, two weeks ago Friday. Uh, that right. was uh, I I thought I was going to have to do two more years in that place, and I contacted HR, and they said, "Oh no, you got your 15 in, and you're fully qualified for full pension." So it's kind of bittersweet because Trish got sick and ended up in the hospital. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, and she's still there. So, but uh, so I guess we'll be praying for her a little bit yeah. later. Okay, yeah, so we'll pray good, for her. Good. All right, but that's my phrase is I'm, I'm retired now. I'm home with, well, if she's supposed to be, I'll be home with her and the dogs. So. Yeah. All right. Praise God. Anybody else? <laughs> Just blessed to have Sergio's sister, Veronica, and her beautiful children here with us today from California. Oh, very good. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Oh, Sam's got his hand up. Uh, just blessed to be able to be here and enjoy with the children at the Uno card games along with David. We have so much fun playing cards, and it's always a, a, a journey. I don't know how to explain it, but we're here. Thank God. Thank you. Yeah. Praise God for fellowship. Huh? All right. <clears throat> Does anybody have a prayer need? Uh, Mark's going to be standing in for Trish. Trish is in the hospital, and uh, so uh, if a few can come up, and we're going to lay hands on Mark, and then does anybody else have a prayer need this morning? And uh, we can gather around you and lift you up in prayer. Oh, uh, Michaela's got her hand up there. So Michaela and uh, Pam back there, and Mark here. All right, and I'll start us off. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for these uh, praise reports for you working in our lives and uh, we're so thankful that you are a part of our lives Lord. and hear us now Lord as we lift one another up to you in prayer
Lord, thank you for this this time, this chance to be with fellow believers, Lord, and to uh, go through your word, and to, uh, of course, as we lift each other up in prayer and bear each other's burdens, Lord, it's a privilege that we get to have, to have our brothers and sisters pray with us and encourage us and, and be with us, and um, Father, I pray ask that you bless this message, that it be completely and totally from you, that I have no say in it, that it is not any of it from me, but completely from you, Father. Every word um, that I present here today, and Lord, that it uh, touches those who hear it, that it changes those who hear it, and that your spirit just work through it and uh, touch lives, touch hearts, and change us in some way. A little more like you every day, Lord, and a little less like me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. We're already through June, right? It's June already. I mean, it's crazy how fast the year has gone, and uh, this is kind of a kind of kick off the summer to travel season usually everyone's traveling i know we were traveling this past week the airports are nuts now you know they're not deserted anymore you don't get the five minute you know shot through the security no more mm-hmm. and so we've been traveling and you know my wife told me that you know she said you really have no sense of direction and i said where'd that come from I'm still doing a lot of learning, you know. Um, I only know 25 letters of the alphabet. You know, I don't know why. Like I said, groans or laughs, I don't, either way, either way works. Today we're going to be back in the book of Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians 1, so go ahead and open to there. We're going to start off verse 18. And Daniel kicked this off a couple weeks ago. He started us off in Philippians. And then Rob last week took us through the book of Acts, kind of gave us some history of that church. And Paul here is writing from a prison cell. And while in prison, there were those who were looking to kind of take advantage of that situation. Um, Some were envious of him. And they were kind of uh, looking to hurt him in some way while he was in there, maybe, you know, adding insult to injury. But it didn't bother him at all. He didn't care. And the reason why is because the gospel was still being preached. So we're going to kick it off here in verse 18. And he says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. So Paul wasn't really concerned with the motives of what these people were doing, only that the true gospel was preached. Back in Galatians 1, he said, A curse be on those who preach a false gospel. Paul didn't care if those preaching the gospel were trying to hurt him in some way, only that the gospel itself was preached, that the word was being spread. Now, I love our style that we do here at CCMD, here at Calvary Chapel McDonough. I know we go chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Bible. I love our worship music, our worship band. 
love our work, our fellowship afterwards. The food is right. Amen to that. Um, I believe our nickname really is Calorie Chapel Fellowship throughout the land. So that's what we do. Now, should all churches do the same thing as this? Well, personally, yeah. Why not? It works, right? But how should we view other churches that don't maybe have our same style? You know, we shouldn't be looking down on them or talk down about them, our brothers and sisters, who maybe their leaders wear, you know, really fancy robes on Sundays or during service, or maybe they dress to the nines every service, you know, in suits. They got the three-piece suit. They got the nice tie. Got the beautiful dresses. That's how they do it. You know, we shouldn't be looking down. Or maybe they only have a choir and a piano. You know, they don't have any drums. You know, no Graham, no Helena, no Brian. Not for me. I like all that stuff, right? Maybe they only sing hymns from a book. They don't even have instruments. It shouldn't matter, though, as long as they are preaching the gospel. The true gospel is preached there. We should be happy for them. We should be rejoicing for them. We should be praying for those ministries that through them, people still come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. That should be the point. Next, Paul says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. See, Paul here, remember, is in prison. But he knew while in that jail cell, he knew that God was in control even though things looked bleak. He knew he was covered in the prayer of the Philippians. And because of those prayers, you know, it helped him and it gave him what he needed uh, through the Spirit of Christ because of those prayers. The help he needed came through God's Spirit. The spirit of Jesus, you know, back in John or in John 14, 26, John, Jesus promised the father would send a helper, the Holy Spirit. And we also can have that same confidence through our tough times, through our struggles, through our trials. Now, maybe you feel like you're in a prison, you're trapped. Well, you also have your own Philippians to pray for you, this body right here. And compared to Paul, we have more and easier ways to communicate. You know, he only had letters he had to write by hand and were either sent by foot or by horseback. But we have email, we have text, we have the line app where there's a lot of praise reports and prayer requests that go on there that we uh, keep tabs on people. We've been keeping tabs on Trish that way. Or you could go super old school and, you know, make a phone call and get asked for prayer. We can ask for prayer anytime from anywhere. We have Pastor Rajesh in India who prays for us, prays for this congregation here as long as we pray for him there, all week on the other side of the world. So we have lots of, of, of just resources that we can get prayed for. There should be no reason for us not to be able to find someone to pray for us in our time of need. Verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, 
but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. His words, eagerly expect and hope. What words of faith that he had. He had great, Paul had great trust in God. And that and in, he had this trust that even in that prison cell where he was, he was in the middle of God's will. God was not punishing him through this imprisonment. But God would give him the encourage to endure it. Paul's focus was honoring God. It wasn't relieving his suffering. It was honoring God. It didn't matter to Paul how God chose to use him. Whether he was released from prison and set free so he can continue to live for Christ or be put to death, as long as God was honored, that was his focus. Do we have that kind of trust to give honor and glory to God no matter what? You know, it's easy to give glory to the Lord when we're delivered from our problems, right? That's the best. You know, you're going through some trial, some suffering, some heartache, and God takes you out of it. And you, it's so easy to just praise God. Thank you, Lord, for getting me out of that. But what about being delivered through our problems? Can we praise him then? That's a whole lot harder. A whole lot harder. You got to remember those three young men back in Babylon who were thrown into the furnace. God could have easily, easily rescued them. He could have made that furnace collapse. He could have struck the officials and jailers with blindness so that they could just run away. He could have doused the flames, but no. What did he do? He allowed them to go into that fire. They trusted God with their lives. They told them, they answered when they were asked whether they would deny the Lord. They said, we don't know whether the Lord is going to save us from this or not. If but we're going to trust in him and we're going to believe on him and stay with him. And God walked with them through that fire and they came out completely unscathed. I'm sure you guys have seen uh, that picture where it's footprints in the sand and there's two sets and then there's one set and the conversation goes, you know, God, where were you? during that tough time of my life, why is there only one set of footprints? And God answers, that's the time that I was carrying you. Someone once told me, you know, sometimes it feels like God is just dragging me along in that sand. And it sure can feel like that sometimes. You're going through something so tough, and you're exhausted, and you don't know how you're going to get through it. And you just feel like the Lord is just pulling you along, pulling you along, and you're just seeing those two feet, you know, just being dragged through the sand, you know, those marks. But whether walking, being carried, or dragging you along, he's right there with you. You have to trust him. You have to trust him. Verse 21. Really short verse, but a lot in it. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. How would you fill in the blank here? 
This will really make you re-examine your priorities. As I read this, I started thinking to myself, how would I fill in this blank what, if I was really, truly honest with myself? Where do we invest our time and energy? For me, to live is what? Is it your career, promotions, more pay? Is it investing in real estate or stocks or gold? Maybe that's where you're, you're, you're investing all your time and energy. Is it sports? Is it to know everything about your favorite team or your favorite athlete? Is it a hobby? Maybe a crafts or music, golf, gardening, whatever that might be. Is it social media? Are you just into Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever? Is that where you live? You know, to live in those ways where we're focusing on these other things, whether it's your career, investing, sports, hobbies, social media, whatever, education, to live in these ways, then to die is loss. You lose that fortune. You lose that career. The hobbies go away. Social media accounts can be shut down. To those who live in Christ and for Christ, to die is gain. David Guzik said, death is not a defeat to the Christian. It is a merely a graduation to glory, a net gain for the Christian. Pastor Chuck says, you can only say to die is gain when you have lived your life for Jesus Christ. That is why if a person lives their life for Jesus Christ, we don't have to and we should not grieve over their death. We can grieve over our loss. Our sor we sorrow, but not as those who have no hope. We sorrow because we're going to miss them. But we don't sorrow for them. We don't grieve for them. For if a person is living for Christ, to die is gain. Verse 22. Paul writes, If I'm going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Paul here notes that if he lives, God's plan is for him to be fruitful. The same goes for each one of us. You know, God wants us to be fruitful for his kingdom. He has a, a plan for us. He has things for us to do. Ways for us to share his love, to spread the gospel. Rob shared last week how he thought God would use him years ago trying to defeat other dads on the racetrack, <laughs> showing them the love of God on the back of his jersey as he's winning. But God touched his shoulder and put him on the path God had for him all along, one that he didn't even think of. So we have to pray and be open to whatever it is God wants to, however he wants to use us, however he wants to use us to serve him. It may be something that you aren't even thinking of, or maybe you think you're not qualified for. Believe me, we are not qualified for a lot of stuff. But through Christ, he will make us qualified. He will give us what we need. And he will use our weaknesses and make them strengths. So we have to be open to whatever it is God has for us. 
you know, reading this verse, it's almost like Paul wanted to die, you know. He had this desire, he had a longing to leave this world and be with Christ. Now, others have wanted to die. Some are gripped by gloom and darkness and depression. It's led to suicide. Others are just tired of this world and the cruelty of those in it. And some, it seems like the, it's the only way out of a current heavy burden or a seemingly possible situation. It seems like that's the only way out. But Paul's desire here wasn't due to any of that. He was going to heaven, and he knew it. No more sin, no more temptation. He gets to see the loved ones that have gone on and who are already there. I look forward to that myself. And of course, mostly being with Christ and being with him closer than ever was what he was looking at. And Paul here, he is torn because he knew others still needed him. Paul still had work to do. Have you ever felt like Paul? I have more and more myself as time has passed. You know, there's been times where I've just sighed and be like, Lord, can I go home now? You know? And at the same time, I know that I'm still needed here. That I still have things to accomplish for Christ. That he still has a job for me to do. And as long as I have breath in my lungs, he's, he's got a purpose for me. He's got a purpose for you. Verse 25, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with you all, uh, with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Jesus Christ will abound on account of me. So in these verses, Paul is confident and faithful, but not absolutely certain about the future. He was eventually set free from this prison, and he was later able to go visit the Philippians. And I'm sure when he was there and then they got together, it was a party. I'm sure they rejoiced. They probably had a huge potluck, you know, much like we do here. You know, and they were celebrating. And it's kind of nice to know that Paul, this apostle, this great man, wasn't 100% certain what was next. You know, he was, but he was still confident in God's plan. You know, when we follow God's will, when we're in his will, we don't need 100% certainty. And it's because of in whom we trust. You know, for long as we're trusting him with our lives, we're trusting him with our path, we're trusting him with our direction, and we're looking to him, we don't need to be 100% certain about what's coming next. We just need to know what's our next step and move from there and just what's the next step and just trust in God verse 27 hmm. whatever happens conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence I will know that you stand firm in one spirit striving together as one for the faith of the gospel so the word here, conduct, uh, means to live as a citizen. And we need to be good citizens of the kingdom of God. 
Our conduct should reflect the kingdom we belong to. If you travel, you know, people can tell where you're from a lot of times based on your conduct. You know, I just came back from a trip to California, and the conduct on the roadways there is very different from here. Um, much more aggressive. I had to, I grew up there and learned to drive there, but my conduct on the roadways has changed and adapted to here. So being over there for me, I had to try and remember how to drive in that manner so that I don't die <laughs> or get run off the road. A lot more aggressive, so I had to get aggressive out there. And conduct of people, depending on where they're from, is very different in general. You know, generally, it's very different. Uh, I talked to a couple of folks out there who have been out this way, like my brother-in-law. He came out and visit. Uh, one time, and uh, we just kind of were comparing notes as to how people are. And one of the things that we, he pointed out and that he noticed right away was the difference in politeness. You know, people generally in the South are much more polite. And uh, it was interesting as we were comparing notes that, you know, some just little things that people do here that don't happen on the West Coast. Uh, one thing he, he pointed out was... Uh, when he would opening a door for someone, you know, over here, generally people say thank you, something like that. Over there, and the, another thing that you notice, they look you in the eye when they say it, where on the West Coast, they just, you know, run through it and don't even acknowledge your presence. It's like, you know, well, that's what you're supposed to do, and that's it. So it's, it's interesting to note those differences in behavior. So we should also be reflecting, you know, ourselves, which kingdom we're from. Our conduct as Christians should reflect our kingdom, the king's kingdom. Paul here also lets them know that he'll be keeping tabs on them while he's away. You know, I'm sure Bob, you know, Pastor Bob, he had to move. And I'm sure he still checks in on us from time to time from Missouri or Missouri, however they're supposed to pronounce it. And, and uh Cool thing for me was while I was in Cali, I was checking into, and um, I heard DC talk about his brother when he came to visit, and what he said about this church and how positive of a of an experience he had and how you guys had really helped him feel welcome and it was very heartwarming for me to hear, and you know when I was listening to that him giving that praise report I was like yeah it's my church right there, <laughs> those are my people. Paul here also wants the Philippian church, here he wanted the Philippian church to stand together in one faith, one mind in Christ. You know, working as a team together in promoting the gospel. And that should be our goal here too, as Calvary Chapel McDonough. We should be of one mind, always one faith, being in Christ. Whatever it is we do, whether we're up here worshiping or we're out there working in the uh, kitchen area, getting that food together, whether we're out there and if we're in the back over here teaching the kids, our goal should be promoting Christ, promoting the gospel, sharing the gospel. We have events sometimes out here in the, in the parking lot. You know, that should be the goal collectively. Now, we each have our own individual parts, right? 
We each have our own individual jobs that we do, but the main goal is promoting the gospel. That should be the forefront in our mind of whatever it is we're doing here. Verse 28. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. So who are those who oppose us, us Christians? Well, first you have the world, and you have the flesh, this, this flesh that we're in, and of course we have our ultimate enemy, the devil, are always trying to oppose us. Those three are always trying to intimidate and scare us. You know, the world is hostile towards believers. I'm sure you've seen it and heard it and, and, and can feel it. You know, we're called closed-minded, we're called bigots we're called hypocrites we're called homophobes all kinds of things as believers whether to our face or just in general we fight this flesh this flesh wants to feel accepted it prefers comfort and not just physically you know it's it's something that uh, for me personally it's it's been one of those things that i know is is something innate in me i've always wanted to be liked I'm sure there's other people that have been that or are that way or maybe grew up that way. It was one of the, since I was a little kid, you know, it was, it's one of those things where I always wanted to be accepted, wanted to be liked and have people, you know, like what I do or whatever, or give me praise. And it's hard to do that when you're doing or saying things that maybe people are opposed to or feel offended by, you know. And it's easier to just do and say the things that make other people happy or make you feel accepted so that you don't have that conflict with them. You know, it's more comfortable that way. The devil constantly lies to us. He accuses us. Tells us that God can't love us anymore. Tells us that, you know, because of what you did, do you really think God can still love you? Do you really think he still wants to be around you? Do you really think that the people at church still want to hang out with you? Imagine if they knew what you were thinking or what you did last week. That's the devil lying to you. He wants to put in your mind that God can't love you because of what you've done. Jesus took care of that on the cross of Calvary. You can accept God's grace and not be guilty of that sin again. He takes away that guilt. He stands before the Father and says, Lord, I know what he, we will both know what he did, but I took the punishment already. When God looks at you, those of us who have believed and have just fallen upon our faces, the grace of God and the grace of the Lord. He doesn't see that sin anymore. He sees the perfect, pure sacrifice of Jesus. That's what he sees. If we're able to stand strong against those spiritual enemies, it shows their ultimate destiny is destruction. The devil, this world, this flesh that fights us every day will eventually be destroyed. And when we as Christians aren't frightened, we can be bold for Christ. And it's evidence 
of our salvation that comes from God, when we're able to just put that fear away and be bold and, and preach the gospel to people or share our, our stories with people, share our lives, what God has done for us, unapologetically, the, full, the whole story, and let them know just exactly what God has done for us and how he's taken us through and what he saved us from. That boldness, evidence, is evidence of our salvation. That is given to us by God through Jesus. Verse 29. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. This one's a tough one. So we've been granted to believe in Christ, but also granted to suffer for him. Whatever trial you're in right now doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. It does not mean that God is punishing you. It has been granted as a tool in God's hand. But wait a minute. I thought when you became a Christian and got saved, life is easy street, right? I mean, you're God's grace, it's all good. It's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. Well, Jesus told us in John 16 that in this world we would have trouble. He told us that. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. So he knows exactly what kind of trouble we can take. And he also knows ahead of time what he's going to use it for. Um, I believe F.B. Meyer wrote, Everyone cannot be trusted with suffering. All could not stand the fiery ordeal. They would speak rashly and complainingly. So the master has to select with careful scrutiny the branches which can stand the knife. He also wrote, look up and take each throb of pain, each hour of agony as a gift. Dare to thank him for it. Look inside the envelope of pain for the message it unfolds. It is a rough packing case but there is treasure in it. You know, thinking on that, it scared me a little bit to think on that. And to just contemplate what it is, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, am I willing to dare to thank him for whatever trials we go through? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that right now. I really don't. I hope I can. And I pray that God gives me that ability. But right now, I, I can't say for sure that I could dare to thank him for it. Verse 30. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have, In the New King James Version, it says, having the same conflict. In here, instead of you're going through the same struggle, it says, having the same conflict. And the Greek word for conflict is uh, agon or agon. It means contest or contention, a fight or a race. It's where we get our word agony or agonize. 
The Philippians here were going through a lot of the same struggles as Paul. They were trying to walk right with the Lord, proclaiming the gospel while they were under persecution and attack, just like him. And some things never change, do they? Don't we face a strength, the same struggle as these early Christians? You know, it's, it's very hard. You know, isn't it so hard to maintain a right walk with Jesus when we're agonizing, when we're through, going through trouble? It's hard to proclaim and share the gospel when we're in the fight, maybe the fight of our lives. You know, our, our, our initial reactions are to, you know, just like it said earlier, you know, we want to maybe just start complaining or, or, or getting angry and, and our, our responses are not Christ-like. The same struggle that they had back then, we have today. Trying to walk right with Jesus and still proclaim and share the gospel, even through trials, even through struggle, even through pain. And, you know, we're not the first, nor will be the last, to have these same trials. Whatever you're going through, someone else just knows just what it's like. My mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, know the pain of losing a child too soon. They really understand each other. Someone understands what you're going through. I don't know who it is, but someone does. If you look back at verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, you know, we don't struggle or fight alone. We have our brothers and sisters in the Lord here to pray for us, pray with us. And um, we have the Holy Spirit, God's promised helper, as to walk with us through the fire. And as the worship team comes up, I don't know, it feels like, gosh, some of the second worship song earlier today, and then what you prayed earlier, Amy. The if the Lord's, the Lord's got something to say, you know, and I just feel like there is some just some real trials and suffering going on, mm-hmm. either within our congregation or someone maybe listening online, and uh, we just need God's spirit. We need that helper. We need is we need the promised helper. So I just want to close with um, a prayer and lift up. You know those who might be struggling, those who might be suffering, those who might be hurting. So if you would bow your heads with me, Lord Jesus, I don't know. It just. There just seems like or feels like there's a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of just hard times that people are going through, disappointments. 
hurt. Father, so I just lift up all of those out there who are hurting, who are tired, who are scared, who are worried about what's to come. who still have pain from what has already happened. We're going through either physical, emotional, spiritual hurt or trauma, sickness. Lord, I lift all these people up to you. I lift them all up to you, Lord. Father, touch them with your healing touch. Send the helper the promised helper, your Holy Spirit, to minister to them, give them hope, show them the next step, light up that next step for them, Lord. Help us to have the faith, each of us, to take that next step. And Lord, for those that maybe have, because of these things, because of hardship, may be turned away from you. Father, reach out. We know you're still there with open arms waiting to take us back, longing for us to run back to you. So Lord, I just pray for those who may have turned away and maybe have become a prodigal of some kind. I pray that you help them to turn back to you and know your love, know your comfort. Give them that faith to do so, to take that first step towards you, and you'll come running back to them. You will run to them just like that father did to his prodigal son. He came running and grabbed hold of his son, grabbed hold of his child. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this message. Lord, touch your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If anybody here needs prayer, we'll be down here up front. Um, go ahead and come on up and, and get some prayer today if you really need it. Yeah, I agree. I think the Lord had something to say today. And... Uh, even just look, scanning over these next couple songs that we're going to lift up in praise, I see just such a consistency of how the Lord wants to be near to us, how he wants to walk us through those difficult times, and how, how he knows when we rely on anything else, it's just going to fall apart. Who have we in the heavens except for the Lord? Who have we to rely on except for him? So we're going to sing to him, standing up, and we'll have some time for worship. If I run away, Coming back to you 
If I were to deny you, you would still be true. You are the strength of my faith. So I will say, I will say, who have I in the heavens? Who have I on the earth? Who have I in the heavens? But you, my Lord.
Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not.
today when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death we will fear no evil he is with us he is with us he is with us and his victory is always perfect we love you so much lord jesus thank you for this time with you this morning in your precious name we pray amen all right you are dismissed to lunch As oneida is moving on Thursday, and, and so we just want to pray her off, but she is going up to uh, Marietta uh, near uh, Calvary Chapel, uh, Woodstock, which is Pastor Eb Fox. He's a f former aircraft mechanic like myself. He was a great, great guy, and uh, so she's going there for like six months and then possibly on to South Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina, so... Let's just pray for her, and yes. uh, Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up Oneida to you, and we just thank you for her, and uh, Lord, what a blessing. Uh, uh, Pam's not feeling well right now. We lift her up to you, yes. Lord, but to see Oneida and Ida both just jump in uh, and minister to her uh, during the service, Lord, we're so, what a blessing to see that, Lord, and we just ask that you would continue to use uh, Oneida as she... Uh, moves on, Lord, that uh, she would just plug into uh, the church there and then uh, possibly in North Carolina, Lord. And we just ask that you continue to guide her and direct her and use her in a mighty way uh, there as a blessing. And 
Father, we just ask uh, that you're blessing upon her, that the move goes well with the uh, movers uh, that she's hired, and we're thankful for that, Lord, and just let that go well, and uh, let everything get there safely, and just, we just ask that you just uh, bless her on this next uh, chapter in her life, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. All right, you're dismissed. Somebody with a hurt that I could have helped somebody.